0: Hillman, and this is what I think. Here was my week, and I don't want you to feel sorry for me. However, just got back from Colorado, and that was a good thing. I'll talk more about that in a minute, but did had a few book dates in the state of Colorado, very nice, some snow. Which is always nice to see and feel, um, but also had to have a tooth extracted three days before I left, and the day before, two days before I left, my wife broke her wrist, both bones in the wrist, severely. Oh, and big storms in Northern California knocked out our power for five days. Five days. Now, a little story about where I live. I live rural. I'm on a well. <clears throat> the first time we lost electricity after we'd moved up here, I thought, well, you know, okay, light some candles, big deal. But when you're on a well, what they don't tell you is that you also lose water because power runs the well. See, got it? Yeah, weird. And then all of a sudden, toilets and the whole thing. It's a whole thing. Since then, we have a little g- g- portable generator and it runs some stuff. Anyways, that we lost electricity for five days. So there she is. My twins are kind of totally stepped up. Um, taking care of things and my in-laws thank goodness <clears throat> family affair but it wasn't it was a thing just you know maintaining and calling a lot and checking in and just 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 the stuff but the tooth extraction was an interesting thing because i had to have it done and it, it had a temporary crown it fell off three days before i was leaving i mean what like what are the odds huh 74 percent. that i already know that i did the math um here's what concerned me the most about it two things in second place was, am I going to be in pain when I go on my trip? Because I can't cancel the trip. I've got to get out there. This is about the book. I've worked too long and too freaking hard to adjust this whole thing. Had the book date set. I'm not giving it. So I'm like, if I have to go with one of those old school, you know, ice packs, then then there it goes. But he said, no, you're probably going to be fine. Probably. I said, okay, goodness. But that was in second place. This first one, he said, listen, for those first couple days, no hot liquids no hot liquids what do you th- if you know who if you know me you know that coffee is my is my jam in fact it's more my jam than jam honestly honestly so lukewarm so that was the thing and i when those things come up is when and when i do like i've done a few water fasts is when i realized that the, the food addiction is alive and well like pain i could deal with that you know but lukewarm coffee not even no he didn't say no coffee by the way he wasn't like no coffee he was just like listen lukewarm and i was like (gasps) and i was honestly got stressed until i actually had a laugh about it and went good lord is that really what's happening here like that's my biggest stress is that i have to have lukewarm coffee instead of hot coffee coffee for two mornings and that's the whole thing of my life Anyways, and then I was thinking, and this is not the first time this has come up, and this is more important. Lukewarm is also my porn name, which I don't like to talk about, but and I've never had to use it, by the way. But I got a kid in college now, so I was thinking, you know what? If it had to come to it, uh, everything's on the table. Everything's on the table for me to send my children through college, even if I have to use Lukewarm. My porn name, and I actually have a thing, like I I have already worked out the character. His what this is Luke, you want to know Luke Warm's, his like his shtick. He defies expectations. I thought that was kind of an interesting. I think I could get work, is all I'm saying. I may I'm a little I'm a little older than the the norm, but I that doesn't it's never stopped me before. Ultra running for normal people is out. It was out on February 6th of whatever year that you're listening to this. Came out same year and uh in new york uh, in new york in colorado when that came out so excited so so much work and so far the reception has been quite good uh feedback from people who've read it people who have not read it don't seem to like it um so but that's you know i can't what am i gonna do about that i can't i go well then don't read it you know what i mean like that's how that goes um anyways very nice uh so the book is out ultra running for normal people go look it up it's made it's, it's kind of cool if you look at like new releases and running and jogging it's like got three of the top 20 slots it's kind of cool the kindle the audio book and the book book yeah uh in extreme sports as well like it's kind of cool anyways it's going okay thank you to everybody by the way who's bought the book and um sent me nice comments about it um and also uh for the thanks he's show notes he's in general the patreoners and the then the things yeah Met a guy in Boulder named Brian Metzler, real nice guy, and um, he started Trail Running Magazine. And he writes for a bunch of big stuff, and he came over to the hotel where I was staying to interview me. And we ended up having this. I think we we're about the same age, but we had this like great conversation It was a great conversation. I emailed him today, and I was like, "That was that was pretty cool." I mean, I hope the article's good. He'll probably just be like, "Yeah, it was weird, and the book sucks a little ass." Um, I hope not because we had a really nice conversation and it really, really made me realize the bigger, and I knew this already because I wrote the book, but the bigger picture of all this is that yes, it's a trail running ultra running book per se, but it's really a philosophy book. And it's a, it's a more of a commentary on technology and our ability or our desire or our need potentially to disconnect. Sometimes, And I yes, I think trail running in ultra distances when you're bringing yourself to that level of breaking down in a good way um, is an experience in and of itself as is running on trails in terms of the natural side of things. But it's all that part of that thing. Anyways, we got into this kind of larger philosophical discussion. And I get off on that stuff. I love philosophy discussions. If I were ever to do another another uh, employment potentially one would be being lukewarm because that's already set i've already got uh, like i've got the whole thing but um also would be a philosophy teacher uh, in high school that's the thing you know it's missing it's philosophy is missing and it should be required like biology it should be a thing where kids are talking about and thinking about ethics and the meaning of the bigger picture the bigger questions it's missing it's sad um but that's how that goes it's i uh, can't do anything about it except for that maybe i will at some point but not yet i got too much i still got more work to do what kind of work there's this young girl at the edwards colorado event she was like 16 or 17 and she i asked her later i was like how old are you because you reminded me of my daughter and she goes have you ever thought about writing a fiction that's like kind of based on trail running and i was like "Ooh, now you've made me pressured to work more on things and not take a break because I started, it made my wheels start turning. I was like, "Whoa, fiction!" Um, and the character's name, lukewarm. So it all ties in. It's kind of cool. I got the whole, I got the whole thing paragraphed. <clears throat> the um, I'm drinking, by the way, gynostemma tea. Have you ever heard of it? Gynostemma tea the brand is dragon herb i think i'm not connected if you're wondering oh he's doing an ad i'm not i'm not connected to anything nothing zero no connections of affiliation or commissions or bullshit like that none zero okay so if i tell you i like something it's because i like it okay the only thing i'm connected to is my book emotionally uh all my books uh anyways so gyna tea it's my favorite of t- it's my favorite tea and it's very good for you by the way read it read about it just don't take my word for it mm. I'm drinking it, by the way, out of a Stanley. Yeah, old school. Stanley, you know, like the whole green lunchbox uh, at the construction site. Yeah, this one's green, that same Stanley green. But I don't want to give this away, but I'm going to because I don't know how many people listen to this podcast that are also running the Mendocino Coast 50K, the race I direct. But the finisher, I don't do medals anymore because they just just hang up on people's walls. It's just pressing. Uh, It's the the finisher medal, quote unquote, is a Stanley, a branded Stanley uh, coffee tumbler thing, like a heat, you know, like a kick-ass one, like a nice one, like a really nice, keeps water super hot for a long time or cold for a long time, depending on what you put in it. And um, and that's why I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited because I usually order a few extra for me and my wife and children, whoever wants one. You know what I'm saying? Anyhow, data heads, beware. In this episode of the What Sid Thinks podcast. I'm going to discuss briefly uh, the whole thing about data gathering. Now, I pronounce it like this. If you're you're from from a former country, the correct way to pronounce it is data gathering, like that. I go, gathering data. I don't know why, but that's the voice I use for the gathering data. Here's my beef with data gathering. It's probably number one beef is that you don't have to. And that's, to me the biggest thing it's when people decide to take on something eating better exercise whatever there's a, and I think it's because of the what they call the internet that you feel like you or you feel not you believe that you have to do it that if you're going to eat better healthier then all of a sudden you have to count and measure and weigh everything you have to track data in your google doc your shared google you have to upload your fitbit data to a thing and track it and you don't have to now i would venture to say that you also most people don't actually enjoy that and i think it's more and in this like most things i discuss in the what Sid things podcast been there you know so it's not like i'm going you I, yeah been there tracked it strava quit it 2018 very hard for me to quit strava if you don't know what strava is great site it's fine i got no problems with it for me i do but not for do it but it's a thing you track your workouts. You upload it, and your watch—my watch was connected to it. I had a Suunto watch, and it would go up and in, into the ether, and it would track my segment and show me how fast I went. And and I was talking about this in the book events. I would do a little, like a short reading, but mostly it was a kind of a philosophy discussion, which is really fun. Good turnout at two of the three. The third one not as good, but that's okay. Um, and somebody brought up a good point they were like well, and the problem with those sites is that if you have a bad workout day that's uploaded also and you start to f- and you kind of feel bad about it i go yeah exactly so what we've done by mediating our experience by with data is we lose the ability to be directly connected to our experience we can't let things go also because it's there and it's tracked and it's in the world then and people can see it and i think this does affect our general Uh, Quality of life. It makes it hard for us to let things go, but also it makes it hard for us to be in the present, in the now. And one of the things about, and this really wasn't supposed to be an episode about the book, except for that the experience of doing these series of talks in Colorado was that I was talking to runners and one of them was at like a running store and they they were very much in that data place they all had watches on and we went for a little group run by the way the altitude nearly killed me um but went out faster than i usually go because it was with a group and again it's kind of not my vibe that's what it is and but everybody started their watch at the same you could kind of see that thing and it's fine and i say it's fine and you probably hear it in my voice that i don't actually think it's fine and i i'm not saying it's either or what i'm saying is is that we're so married to the data that it's a You know, do you feel a compulsion is the question to track that data? Is it hard to take a day off? If I said to you, don't run with a watch, would you go, "Ah, ah, ah," you know, like that? If you have that, "Ah, ah, ah," then maybe you're a little too tied into the data and it's not necessary. It is so not necessary that I would argue that it is actually better to not be in that world. It's better to not be in the world more than you're in the world of data. Maybe you track data once in a while. But part of the book, why it's kind of becoming the book a little bit is ultra running for normal people is because what I do ask people, and, and people did ask me when I was doing the talks, is what do you think a good first step is to your trail ultra? And I said, don't go out for a run yet. Get your head on straight. Find out what your goal is. If your goal is to win, or to place if you're, you know, 48 and you want to be in the top 40 to 50 range. Okay, track the shit out of everything. I would absolutely, if I were, if I were coaching, I wouldn't because I don't want to coach people like that. But if you, but just because I don't do the whole lead thing, that's not where my my bag is. I'm, my bag is the normal folks, everyday kind of people. So you should track everything. If you're trying to actually get there, If you, are you trying to improve your time or are you trying to improve your life? Does this fit into an overall picture of a life where you go, this would be cool for me to have these kinds of adventures. I want to keep doing them for long, as long as possible. I want to experience new things. I want to test my mettle. I want to bring out my strength that's in me. I want to kind of go out, put my ass on the line a little bit, suffer the potential failure and realize it's not a failure at all because I actually tried to do it. Because if you get your head on straight about that stuff, you realize data is the last thing you need to track. You need to track, if anything, how you feel day to day. And again, have I been there? Oh, totally to the point where I rupture my Achilles tendon because I wasn't tracking my feeling, how I've been sleeping, how rested do I feel. You lose sight of those things. That's when you start to get into danger zone in terms of your health and your happiness and your stress data we believe is kind of a necessary thing to make us feel good, but it's not. It may be necessary to get us into an elite level of performance. Sure, I got it. I, absolutely. Because at that point, it's between you and somebody else who's pretty darn close to you and it's whatever whoever has that little edge. But if your competition is with nobody except for yourself and your own life and how good of a life can you carve out in this one life you have... Data is the opposite of what you need. Connection is what you need. Not connection to technology, but connection to yourself. We throw around the term, listen to your body, man. But people don't because they look at the data and they look at these kinds of things that are actually removed from their own experience. We also tamp down feeling with whatever drug is in them around us close enough. And that drug can be data gathering it can be distracting yourself with uploading stuff when you're not paying attention to your experience of that first of all how you feel but also your experience of it like did you see stuff on the run did you think that's pretty cool and move on or did you think "Ooh, I better post that and make sure i have a hashtag that's gonna be lots of hits because that's the disconnection here true connection isn't connection technology technologically true connection is even with this, with somebody else is personal and real and substantial and profound and deep. That's the connection and data gets in the way of that stuff. It really, really does. If you need to do it once in a while, it's usually a need fine. But if it's just that you want a good experience and you want to get through a race, let's say if it's a trail ultra marathon, you don't need a data gather. Do you need to get your feet on the ground? Absolutely. I told, I, I did in one talk, I talked about my experience, my my experiment that I talk about in the book, where I decided to just show up with a water bottle and not know ahead of time about any about the course, and it was my be- to this day my best race day, the first time, and the second time you know, I told you that story, I didn't gauge the first day, uh, aid station being water only, so it kind of bit me in the ass on that. But the first time I did, it was great. And so one guy raises his hand and goes, "But you you shouldn't say that because you're gonna have you're telling people they can show up to an ultra marathon with a bottle of water." I said, "It's not a, a, at all what I said." First of all, I said it was an experiment. And second of all, I already done multiple ultras. And third of all, I trained. I trained for it. I got my feet on the ground, but I didn't track anything. There's no data to be tracked at all. I knew that I was just running most days and I was pushing the distances, you know, up a little bit before the race. But But according to most data and tracks and charts, I undertrained and yet had a great race day. Can we formulate what we actually want out of these kinds of experiences? And if you really want to be an elite and you want to look at the last race and beat your time by 30 minutes, go go, go for it. It's fine. It's fine. But I think my hunch is, is that there's a large swath of people who actually want to have an experience that isn't about a time and a, and a, and a placement, in, you know, third, fourth, fifth place. That it's an experience that they go, wow, that was cool. And I tested myself and I got through this thing and I survived and I made connections with other people who were struggling as well. And now I'm done and I didn't damage myself and I didn't push myself so hard that I can't do it again. I can actually do it again now. And how cool is that? I can't wait for my next one. Instead of, well, I got through it, but it was a nightmare, and my knees hurt, and it was bam, wow, I'm never doing that again. That was a night. And that's the kind of way, those are the two different of sides of the same coin. So data heads beware gather your data, do do it, it's fine, but you don't have to. And in most cases, it's not even a good thing to do.
1: Distraction. I'm waiting to see what I am against, what I am against, what I am against. A complication that strike only the truth it's like I'm on the ground with eyes closed. It's like I'm dreaming I am waking up And emerging from all of this I'm waiting to see What has come up against me? What has come up against me? And all the violence. My thoughts are weaving through tangents With all these fits of indecision there